Welcome to episode 66 of What The Truck. We're so excited to have you here. This is What The Truck with 100% more cowbell. And we are here with <laughs> Timothy Dooner, ladies and gentlemen. Listen for the cowbell. Ellis Smith. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, it's great to have you. And you know, we want to give a shout out to the North American Commercial Vehicle Show, NACV. Thank you, big shout out to our new sponsor for the month of May. The North American Commercial Vehicle Show, NACV, is a B2B exhibition focused on fleet decision makers and key influencers in the commercial vehicle industry. Leading truck and trailer manufacturers and commercial vehicle parts and component suppliers will demonstrate their latest product offerings during the NACV Show 2019, taking place at the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta from October 28th through 31st. What the truck listeners can go to nacvshow.com and register with code FW19 for a free expo hall pass. And now we are going to play What You Drinking? And then we've got a little bit of the Outside the Lanes report from the field about the Falcon story. Going to play another rousing round of earnings over under who will win today. Also some interesting other news. What in the world is going on with Amazon's disintermediation strategy? Easy for me to say. And we're going to talk a few about a few other things like, is the infrastructure thing really happening if we have time for it, guys? We better get that in and a little bit of everything else, plus what's coming up on the radio show this week. Let's get started. Um, guys, what you drinking? Well, uh, I am having a delicious and nutritious, it's a uh, Nashville craft lager called Upstream. Uh, and though it's from Nashville, this is a San Fran lager that... Uh, our good friends at uh, Little Harpeth Brewing put together for us. It's delicious. <laughs> but I, I've never had it before. I don't even. You sound very it, studious. It's about uh, it. it's it's got an apple hue and it goes down smooth. wow that sounds delightful and lovely uh i'm just uh hitting hitting me some uh naked river open the hop hatch pale Mm. ale 5.8 abv that is the otri uh for freight waves yeah don't get me started and uh dooner well brother i uh i got i went over the bevy and i went clean i mean it's just it's just plain h2o i would have brought like i had some kombucha in my in my fridge i forgot to bring it with me i think you have to keep that stuff like refrigerated or else it turns into like a mushroom soup or something yes um but maybe one day in the freight alley we'll get that blue indian head kombucha hint hint right uh did you go uh sparkling or still no, I'm a still guy. I just oh, goes. Okay. I've heard like the sparkling can do bad things to your teeth. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh but, well, no. Uh oh. Maybe that Have explains. I'm in trouble teeth? then. He's like, oh, what happened to you? And he, I drink sparkling, too much sparkling water. water. I'm kind of yeah. going numb around the uh, edges. Um, that's too much. Uh, <laughs> too many bubbles. Um, well, good times, guys. Um, well, uh, you know, without further ado, let's talk about, you know, uh, Dooner, you were sent uh, into uh, no man's land. You had been here, uh, I don't know, like three or four minutes, and they sent you out on a field assignment uh, all the way out to, uh, oh, was it Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio? Youngstown, Ohio, which um, <laughs> I'll tell you a little background on this, because I was sitting on my couch at like 10 o'clock at night, and uh, Ellis was here with us, so I'm not going to talk behind his back. He brings me on Slack, and he's like, hey, you want to go down to get the Falcon story? And I'm like, hell yeah, like and devil horns. And then um, <laughs> and then he's like, and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. How do I, like, what am I supposed to do? What's the process? Like, uh, do I book a flight or something? He's like, well, maybe you just drive there. It'd be shorter. I'm like, 
Ellis, have you ever looked at a map before? Because, like, Youngstown is, like, 13 hours away. But, I mean, is lower Ohio? Like, if you were to go to Kentucky from here, how long would that take? Kentucky? Oh, yeah. a mere six hours. Six hours. Yeah, yeah a short be in Lexington. So, this, but this hours. is all over. They're all the way up by Canada over there. And I'll tell you, dude, it's, it's still like <laughs> fall. Like, and, and the yeah. trip there. So you go through CLT, which has like the largest rocking chair collection in the world. That of course is the Charlotte Airport. Yeah, I love I love CLT, and that takes you over to the CAT. But the trip itself is not much different than going to Boston. It's like four and a half hours with a little bit of layover. Very peaceful. So it was a nice, it was a nice ride. And when I landed there. Like I was telling you guys, they still have like foliage going on over there. And it was like, it was overcast. And initially that gave me the impression like, oh, this is going to be a really downtrodden sort of beat up area. And uh, I guess it, I guess it wasn't, it was, I mean. It- well, you know, so it's because it had come in so late and I'm not even sure, necessarily sure why I was given the, uh, the assignment. I'm glad I was. Uh, maybe Ellis can give some backstory into how I ended up doing it. But um, for me, it was kind of a natural fit, at least from what from what I know. I kind of felt like, um, you know, like Mr. Miyagi, he makes like Daniel Russo do a bunch of chores, you know, like like paint the fence and uh, sweep the deck. Well, like in my career, I've done operations, so I understand trucking really well. Um, I've done social media, I've done the marketing, so that kind of component really came into the story. And then finding all of these buildings and stuff, I used to do outside sales cold calls, so I'm very used to going into decks and stuff. And then in the music industry, I used to sneak into concerts, you know. And if you carry a clipboard, <laughs> you can pretty much get into any building. I was going to say. But I can't say too much around Ellis. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, here's what, overall, uh, if you haven't heard the story, uh, uh, earlier in the week, and I think it was early week, maybe a uh, Tuesday, uh, it was announced that Falcon Transport had just completely shut down operations. Yeah. And I mean, it was like a, uh, literally one of those, which, which is not completely, you know, unheard of, but it's a uh, cease your operation. Now get your stuff out of the vehicle. Um, and you may be stranded wherever um, we we may or may not your paycheck may or may not clear you got to go figure it out and yeah, so let's find out from Ellis like Ellis what's yeah. the back is he's the editor here like what well, was the back end so you this came through on a weekend right these people got cut off on a Saturday so you right. had the news coming through and I was dispatched on a Monday so what happened between Saturday and that Monday night when you got in touch with me well we started getting reports and you always get reports so every day somebody writes in and says ah, these guys are breaking the law and you look into it and yeah it's not really real you know it's somebody's perception versus reality what you can confirm so we started getting reports, and as usual, I looked at it and said, okay, somebody got a text message, somebody got a, uh, somebody's got a video of a text message. All right. I mean, it sounds pretty severe, but I don't know. I, I looked over at the Ohio Secretary of State's website. There was no WARN Act, which is normally what companies are required to do. If you're going to do a bunch of layoffs, shut down the whole company, you're supposed to let the, uh, the state know, otherwise you get into deep doo-doo. So I thought, well, that's, that's risky, right? If they're really shutting down, why didn't they do a WARN Act? Long story short, we were able to confirm it late, late, late. Clarissa uh, Hawes, a very talented reporter on staff at Freight Waves, was able to confirm it, and we broke that story. Uh, that became, I believe, uh, either our first or second most trafficked story, most seen story of all time. Wow. Uh, we have followed it up. People had some warning signs. So you dispatched the new well. guy. <laughs> and and Dooner had joined us uh, a little while ago and was unbelievably enthusiastic, had a, a, a proposed several ideas that included, let's talk about trucker life, truck driver life, truck driver yeah. conditions. In fact, we've got a really interesting, I don't want to give too much away, but we have some really interesting lifestyle coverage coming up of uh, some things that people are doing to increase their uh, the health inside the cab. So he's coming up with these ideas, and I thought, this is the guy. He's going to go out there. He can be empathetic uh, with their situation. He has the other experiences he talked about. He's going to be able to just, he can, if there's anybody I want to airdrop into Youngstown, Ohio, 
uh, and uh, and trust that they're going to find the right people and have a nose for that. It's Tim, Ooh. and he didn't, and he didn't, and he didn't disappoint. Um, He's building he, you up, Dooner. He wow. he didn't disappoint. I mean, obviously, Falcon was closed. As we as we had reported, so yeah, it's, it's good. That it's good that we got that. Well, well, no, because I landed right. We had no leads at this point. We really didn't know. We knew we knew the name of a person who had the text message, yeah. and I landed there at the airport. And my background is, um, I told about the operations and stuff, but most recently, I've been doing podcasting, and I started podcasting because. I lost a job from a company that unceremoniously got rid of me when my wife was eight months pregnant. So when I heard that a kid here, a guy over there, he had lost his job with a newborn, it um it really fired me up. So I was really excited to go and do this. And then when I landed, I'm like, I don't know, but I think that if I just talk to these people on LinkedIn, because I saw their messages, if I just talk to them and they'll see that I'm there, maybe they will talk to me. So I just, all I did was post a video that I was there. I'm like, I'm here at CAC Airport. I'm jumping in my Dodge and I'm, my Dodge rental car. Yeah. And I'm going to go down there. And if you have a grievance and you want to go on the record or off the record, just reach out to me. You know, and it's funny to spread because when the first day, not much happened, man. We actually have that special report that's out now, too. Yeah, on the I was one about the to truck say that. Yeah, Ellis, yeah. And I, um, Ellis and I kind of rapped about this stuff. It's a very, like, emergent and very developing story where constantly new information is coming in. It's extremely sensitive, right, Ellis? There's a lot of stuff we had to hold back. Because it's not verified, it can get people in in quite a bit of trouble. Um, especially if some Including of these allegations us. are true. I mean, we're not we're talking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Counterpoint could could have really screwed up this exit. But let's talk. Let's let's touch briefly on. We've got the backstory. What did we find out uh, from going to Youngstown, Ohio? Oh my God, it's a deep rabbit hole. Uh, you know, what I found out there was that the people. First of all, I found out that the area was not that different. One of the first things I saw when I got off the freeway was at Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm a masshole, you know, I'm from Boston, I've mentioned that before, and I don't know if you know this, man, but there's a Dunkin' Donuts in every corner there, so for people like us, that's like the North Star, so it was, you know, it just, I just gravitated right towards it, set up base camp, you know, got out my Wi-Fi, and it uh, turns out that Falcon was right down the street. And, you know, like I said, initially that first day, there was really nobody around, but I was posting images, and I think the people who live there, they, they're like, oh, this guy's not just like some reporter to suit. He's really here. He's doing the groundwork. And then suddenly people really opened up. But I spent most of that first day over in Lordstown to cover the GM thing because our initial impression was, oh, well, GM had to have a huge hand in this happening. They're a major player in there. And the funny thing is, one of the things that we learned was like, Maybe GM being in business was a lot worse for Falcon Transport than GM going out of business. Mm. And it had a little bit more. I mean, that forced them into a private equity situation and a sales situation. But there was a lot more to it than that. It had to do with the multi-generational family who may not have wanted to be in that position, may have cared more for for cats, which God bless him. I went to that cat facility. And I'd love to clarify. There's a cat facility, a a no-kill shelter, uh, what is it, adjacent to the Falcon property, correct? Well, no, it's it's near it. It's called, it's it's there. They use it like as an outreach program. And it seems like the guy, Mark, Mark Consonetti, if you don't know, he used to own Falcon Transport. He's fourth generation of the family. For what he, we heard from a lot of executives, they didn't really care for him. They were happy to see him exit. There were a lot of fights. And, you know, some allege that maybe some money went to the cat fund, but a lot of them have said that he did not at all. And this was a great program for the cats. And you know what? I 100% agree. I did the legwork. I was in the shelter. I met the guys there. One of the guys was laid off from GM. And he said to me, um, I said, look, we've been getting all these outreach. Let me know your email. I'll, get, I'll let you know. Like J.B. Hunts, the FedEx of the world, all of these carriers are offering jobs. If, I'm sure they'd help out a GM guy, too. And he said, you know what, man? No, I live down the street, and I absolutely love working here. And I talked to other people, and that told me that this is a good thing. You know, the, the, the private equity firm, they may have killed the Falcon name in transportation, but at least it can live on as a no-kill shelter. So what 
did, if it wasn't the cats that killed it, what did kill Falcon? That's what I'm. What I'm killed Falcon? About. The, uh, well, I think the bad business dealings that led up to that. I think that maybe Mark Constantine didn't want to run the business, and maybe he had people in positions there where that that GM contract was terrible. I mean, they got they got charged eighty thousand dollars on a one ten a mile load that they were pulling because it was late, and that's from them. And again, these are these are not these are not necessarily my voice. These are things that I've heard from other people, but they call them a very predatory partner, and the people in Lordstown. They were, I mean, if you go there, there's so much GM pride, but it's all a relic of a past time. It's hmm. all a relic of days gone. And now the people, they really hate having that there. It's a sore spot to them. And I went to uh, Ross's pub over there, which is like the closest dive bar. And I know I've mentioned I don't drink over there, but I still, ha- I still like hanging out in dive bars. And one of the reasons I don't drink is because I used to day drink too much. And I know that if you go into a dive bar in the middle of the day and start drinking, you're going to meet some blue collar guys watching soap operas. So I, I talked to them. That was like my first lead source, them and the geese. <laughs> well, uh, that's very good. And, you know, I think that's a more more than a great tease. I mean, that does give us some context. Yeah, I don't want to tease. Like, I'm not trying to drive, like, content necessarily because it's a big story for everybody, but it's yeah. so big, right? It, there's so much to it. Well, what I wanted to say is you do we do have a your, your special edition, uh, which really details a lot of the stories such as we 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 knew it immediately. You did, you did that last night. It is on the... Freight Waves Now uh, article, uh, Clarissa Haas's latest update on on the the story, <clears throat> that that story that is in full. And you know, I this is one of um, those things that uh, you know whether or not you were completely prepared for it. Uh, I I was really impressed. I was living kind of vicariously through uh, your social media and your your call outs on LinkedIn, just saying, "Hey, I'm here. Let's talk." Um, because I remember um, when I would teach uh, composition. Uh, you know, to freshmen, you know, and I got to come up with any assignment that I wanted to just so they were writing some kind of various content. And uh, one of my, uh, one of the essays I would assign for, I I did this with hundreds of students, was the ethnography uh, assignment where it was called field research. Ellis, Ellis, spell ethnography. (laughs) E-T-H-N-O-G. Ethnography, This is a callback to last episode. (laughs) Uh, Not to put you on the spot there, but. uh, What what is ethnography? It is the study of it is going out and doing field research essentially it is it is the it is like what you're do what I would tell the students is like I want you to go and observe a place and I want you to track your assumptions I want you to think what were your expectations going in what what did you learn from the experience what surprised you what didn't surprise you I want you to conduct interviews I want you to de- in detail observe the surroundings of where and you know the students that really bought in and did it like they didn't even have to write it that well but they because they they went and had an adventure and, and an experience i i had students that would do ride arounds with police officers you know i would have like they they would come back from the field with these fascinating reports and the boring ones that just like went to the the cafeteria you know and just kind of looked around and didn't track their the, the long and short of it is just that you know like there is power to jumping in carrying your clipboard and acting like you know what you're doing and 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 looking for some answers like you will you 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 even if even if there is no deep dark you know secret buried in the you know in the in the attic or whatever like you're still going to get a different kind of journalism and uh experience for for the readers than and, and you know for for anyone however whatever format than you know than you would otherwise no so, and i would i would agree because ellis you've seen the articles that came before and after this and i think there was a lot more information that came through and because you can contextualize things and we're not even done doing that 
If I had to give an elevator, like you asked, so we can move on to the next segment. If I had to give an elevator of what happened, I think that it's multi-generational gets into business. And, and it usually is an hour transportation. They got into some trouble. Some executives tried to exit. They tried to do this private equity deal. They made all the wrong moves. They, they didn't the know wrong, anything about logistics. They, they put the wrong people in the position. And it's kind of something that we're seeing in the industry as a whole. There's a, there's a, a countdown to extinction, I think, going on for some of these smaller carriers that are getting themselves in bad positions with big partners that have too big of fleets and they're afraid to get rid of the contract because they want to sell to private equity. And then I think here too, private equity was afraid to get rid of the GM deal because they were trying to exit. And I think that, um, I think that's all going to come out in the wash. Whew. A lot of moving parts, very interesting story. And, uh, you know, Hey, way, way to jump in with both feet. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? I've all been right. away. I've been away from this. I, had, I didn't bring this with me. I was afraid security might not do it. I've been away from it for too many days. It's time to get the bell. Well, we are now with 100% more cowbell, bringing it to you each and every week. And you know what? Soon to be more. So, uh, you know, we, I know you just can't you just can't wait for uh, for it. But uh, we are going to be bringing it to you right now. Ella Smith, you're going to be bringing it to us right now with some hosting, some earnings under. Because if you lose, if you snooze, you lose. Uh-oh. No, if you lose the earnings under, you have to host it, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Loser host. Earnings over under. All right, I'm gonna just a disclaimer here. I since I was out in the field, I have absolutely no idea what could have happened here. So this is gonna be very speculative. Well, funny story about that. Chad was here, and he has no idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, but what else? So, so yeah, but I'm supposed are, to not know, so right? We are, yeah, he studiously, right. and I'm proud of him for this. Studiously avoided any spoilers uh, all week long. <laughs> I studiously didn't read twenty articles. On well Ryan's. known. Yeah. Uh, no, we um, we'll I'll read them all afterwards. Well, uh, welcome to another exciting edition of Earnings Over or Under. This week, we're adding a little twist to our uh, our now weekly uh, contest. If you guess it correctly, there are bonus points for guessing whether it was revenue, money coming in, or expenses, money going out, that helped them hit or miss their earnings. So you get to choose. Well, you get to you've choose. Already, you've was already it, exceeded wow. my earnings. Was it money coming grade. in or money going out? So uh, we're going to start. This is above my pay grade. So we're going to start. We're going to start with a practice that's actually for real. Snyder National. <laughs> practice for real. Snyder National, the trucking, the lo- transportation and logistics services company over or under, and we're going to alternate starting with Chad. Schneider National Transportation Logistics Services Company, starting with Chad, Dr. Prevost. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm taking the under, I guess. I don't know what it is of, but uh, I'm just going under. It was 31 cents per share. Over under, there. baby. Under. under, yeah. Under. 31 cents. I'm going to go, I'll say it was over. It was over. Uh, both good guesses, uh, but they were uh, ten cents worse than consensus estimate. Uh, and so, uh, Chad, as the winner, do you feel like? Uh, do you feel like Whoa, the? Chad. <laughs> was it revenues or expenses that hurt them worse? Now wait, now do I lose what I just gained? <laughs> I revenue think or this I'm is gonna a bonus. say revenue. Revenue was up by five percent. <laughs> no bonus point for you. Uh, first. Uh, Okay, the next one is XPO Logistics. Mm. Uh, we know them very well. Uh, they will be at Transparency Ooh. 19. XPO yeah. With Logistics. visionary speaker yeah. Brad Jacobs. Well, I mean, and, and full, disclo- full disclosure, they, they did have a little trouble. Their stock actually was a really good value a couple of months ago, right? It, um, when the Amazon right. thing came out or the, the speculative Amazon loss of 5% of the business, it actually it dropped the stock about 50 per, 50% or, or even more. But XPO was like, well, our stock is very cheap right now. I know they've been doing a lot of buybacks, so... 
This will be um, this will be an interesting one, right, Ellis? Indeed, it will. All right, what do you think? I, I what am I? I'm, you, I'm going uh, over. I'll go over on over that. what? I don't know. It's just going to be over whatever people thought. Because <laughs> I don't. I know. I this have is, okay. I use I use like Robinhood. You know, I do the stock trades, and thing. I know that there, HBO's been, been going back. I up. think there is a little bit of a both and going on here. I think that okay, so they they took that big hit. They took that big hit in uh, the first quarter. They are probably this is this is what I'm going to say. They probably are recovering admirably, um, but they're probably trying to you know hype it, make it more exciting than you know. And maybe I think okay, so I'm going to have to say I would be shocked if they were over uh, with losing such a large contract. Uh, so I'm going to have to say under. Mm. XPO Logistics had quarterly earnings of 51 cents per share, beating the consensus estimate oh, yeah. of 41 cents per share. You know what? And I knew Ellis. I was. <laughs> I, the, the, how, there's no way. No, uh, I look, dude. They, I I follow. I, I I have a Robinhood app, and XPO is one of the ones I follow in there. And um, I I have invested some of my own money in XPO. Full disclosure, because when it was down around like 52. I mean, the stock was at like 112 or 120. It's down to 52. I know XPO is a, is a great company with a visionary leader. So there's only one place for it to go but up. And it has. I, I think it went, you know, it was at 50. Now it was at like 67 or maybe even 72. I don't know the exact stock price right now. But I know that it's gained much back on its share. And XPO is smart. They know, they're, they know they're a strong company too. So they bought back a lot of their stock. Well, it was cheap. And uh, XPO leader Brad Jacobs said, we've got our mojo back. So even though he took that hit with Amazon, they were able to do some uh, do some rejiggering and get to where they needed to be. Visual so. Mojo, you, Mr. You, mojo Rising, look, Jim right. Morrison. Look, if you invest in companies and someone loses five percent of their business, this wasn't this wasn't sixty five. It was five percent. You don't lose fifty percent of your value over there and think that's a bad deal. It's an obvious rebound stock. And if you know anything about stocks for this business, it was it was clearly a good time to invest in XBO. Now that may be true, but I feel like you're kind of beating a dead cowbell right now. <laughs> like I mean, okay, you won, you All won. Right. You're All just right, man. You're, so that I knew that, that one. That was in my lane. That that clearly was. And now, nothing to be ashamed about. And now, well done, well done, uh, both of you. Good, good tries. And and uh, I now feel like we can pick up the pace since Atlas we have fifty-one Air. more earnings to cover. Atlas Air, uh, which, uh, as the name suggests, does uh, fly airplanes. What about it? What 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 are we picking over or under? I am pulling that up now since I am Mr. Prepared <laughs> Managing Editor. This is how I. This is how everything around here runs. I am. I am furiously uh, pulling up the analyst estimates. Uh, according to MarketWatch, excuse me, um, the mean estimate this quarter was 78 cents over or under. I'm going under. Yep, under. Uh, oh, do you want to? Well, I mean, you don't give me a reason. Yeah, because if you do, you might inform me. So the winner right. give you a reason, right? You don't want to give it, you yeah. don't want to show your cards. I know. All right, so you went under. I'll go, I mean,. I don't. It sounded like you were pretty convinced, so I'll go. I'm going to go under with you. I'm going to play this one what? safe because I'm going to retain my point on XBO and I'll make it really hard for you. Well, you should have flown the friendly skies because uh, you're both wrong. It sounds oh. like <laughs> Atlas Air brought in adjusted earnings of 98 cents per share. That was ahead of both the fourth quarter of last year and the estimates. 
total volumes were actually up, even though we saw some others who uh, who were in not so good shape. I was going to say, earlier. like, I mean, in in listen in doing freight waves now and talking to market expert Jesse Cohen, our our air air cargo specialist. I mean, th- there's been nothing but headwinds in air cargo. Everything's down right now. Like it's a little suppressed. It might be ticking up and see with seasonality, but all I've all I've all the reports I've seen are um, that it has been significantly down from 2018 levels. Well, and I will add. I mean, your instincts are correct. Their average utilization block hours per day it is down, uh, particularly in cargo, um, as well as passenger. It's down from uh, the the three months that ended. Uh, in March 31st, 2018, so that, that first quarter of 2018. But they were able to uh, be more efficient with less, apparently. That has kind of been one of the themes that I have, uh, that I would say is a takeaway from all of the earnings reports. Any, any uh, over the last couple of weeks, any earnings report that is uh, that, that gained its operational efficiencies um, even in this, in spite of uh, the the multiple uh, headwinds, let's move on. This say, is very uh, discouraging. Say, uh, Inc. Um, they uh, their estimates were. I have it here on time this time. Uh, say, I, I, uh, it ain't so. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you their average estimate. Say, uh, dollar thirty seven. That's not dollar thirty seven. I mean, they are a leading LTL. Mm, I don't think that's right. company. That's a that's, a, that's I'm pretty glad, yes. You know, since ever since I started uh, working in the logistics industry, I finally I did learn how to pronounce the name, which was I just didn't know how S A I A. It's it's beautifully. Are you like stalling? Is this how you think these things through by just rambling on about how you pronounce names? No, I'm what he's. I'm stalling for him, I suppose. And you're first. Oh yeah, you know. Well, was Ellis last week? You're stalling. You're like, what do you need the pronunciation? Okay, so analyst estimates. The actual analyst estimates for Saya for the first quarter were ninety cents per diluted share, over or under. Ninety cents. Over. Over. There's one bid for over. I'm going to say over as well. All right. So, yeah, we're very optimistic about Saya. We shouldn't have been. No cowbell on that one. Earnings he got it. A share of 85 cents, but up from 80 cents the first quarter of 2018. So not as good as analysts wanted it to be, but still better than last year, first quarter. Congratulations to Saya. And no, not yeah. congratulations well, to you guys, Alice, unfortunately. This, I mean, this is telling an interesting story here because we're talking about, what, XBO and Saya. They're all carriers. And people, you know, a lot of people are concerned about a down trucking market or a flat market. But it looks like, at least in terms of their earnings per share, they're actually doing quite well and they're reacting to it quite well, Right. And possibly, you know, I should have thought about this, possibly taking advantage of the closure of New England Motor Freight up in that general region mm. where Saya yeah, can sure. take advantage. Maybe there's some extra stuff to pick up, some extra yeah. loads now. I mean, I know it's absorbing. easier said than done with LTL. Yeah, I mean, any, any MF is from my neck of the woods. It was, it was sad to see those, yeah. those guys go. Right, for sure. Well, let's move on to Wabash. Uh, you've heard of the Wabash Cannonball. This is uh, Wabash National. Mm-hmm. They do uh, they do uh, trucking. Yes. Uh, what do we think about analyst expectations of twenty five cents per share over or under? Ooh, uh, well, uh, they get a quote. Wait, what kind of trucking does Wabash do? Do they have a brokerage component? I'm not as familiar. Big trucks. Big, Big trucks. trucks. That's one of his lifelines. He just used one of his lifelines. Yeah. Well, right no, there. commercial well, we they, too. Commercial trailer <laughs> products. Excuse commercial me. Commercial trailer products. Commercial I, uh, trailer products. 
I've never heard of them, so I got. I mean, I gotta go. I gotta say under. Well, I'm going first, but that's cool to know. Oh, he gave it away. <laughs> Uh, Wait, you're going what? You're all strapped. I, <laughs> I said I hadn't heard of them. I didn't give anything away. I don't have any information. I'm too ignorant to go. Uh, to go. To go. I'm gonna over. go. I'm gonna go under. So you're both under. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're both underwater. Uh, that, oh, is, that is. What is happening? Oh, it's the mind tricks. Net it's income. The, free. Net income was down at 14.8 million or 27 uh, cents per share. So it beat analyst expectations, even though they were down. Analysts expected it to be worse. Well, congratulations to them, though. Congratulations. Uh, the transfer. The industry. All of these are really seeming like they're. They've been very good signs. Very bright spots for the uh, transportation industry. Uh, if Indeed. not for us right now. Now we're coming up on a little highlight here. Uh, yeah, we're least, under. We're, it, we're under. We're supposed to be 100% more <laughs> cowbell. We're under last week's, but that's okay. Right highlight now I feel like we're up. only 33% more cowbell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. We're supposed to be 100%. This is the big well-known uh, brokerage firm known to you guys as C.H. Robinson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's known to just us. Yes. Analyst expectations... Well, I'll tell you what, I'm they, terrible yeah. at this. Hey, I need to win there, next time. There was a, there was so a really <laughs> interesting lawsuit. I'll, I'm going to talk about something though. This was a really interesting one. I don't know if people heard it. Right now, we're both one. Did you hear four. the one? No, that they 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 got sued for carrying some chocolate. Some chocolate melted, and there was some component there about things not being disclosed about whether they were a carrier or a broker. And and C.H. Robinson got held on the line. Well, I, I'm I mean, just saying. I don't know. So that could affect you know their what? earnings, could it not? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know you could might affect wanna, the chocolate. Could affect I, the chocolate industry. That I, shipper doesn't have their chocolate. So I think you'll be taking the under here. We well, have no. I mean, C.H. Robinson <laughs> underwear is fun to wear. Dollar uh, analysts uh, were expecting a dollar twenty four mm, uh, per share, mm, and uh, that's that was their expectation. What do you what, what say you analysts? Well, life is like a box of chocolates. I say you never know when you're going to get sued. I'm um, going first, right? Okay. E- e- pulling the freight horn, and I'm saying over. Siege Robinson, keep on rocking it. Way to be uh, an incumbent. Well, we're kind of at a stalemate here. I actually think Siege Robinson may have inched over, but you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm into game theory, and um, you know, I got I got I got to increase my lead against this gentleman over here. So I'm going to go with the under. They did go over. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, I you, Jen. It was. Uh, they went over. They beat it by three cents, and I gave uh, I gave uh, misleading information. It was a dollar thirteen. They hit a dollar sixteen, so they beat it by three cents. However, uh, for the bonus. <laughs> For the bonus total revenue, bonus. Was, it, was it revenue that they used to beat it, or was it was it uh, expenses that they used to beat it? How did they beat? Money coming in or money going out? Gotta go revenue again. Total revenue for the first quarter decreased four point four percent. Good guess. You got a fifty fifty chance. Group. It's not a good guess. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> it's a guess. I'm trying to be encouraging. Wrong. I'm wow. trying to be encouraging. Yeah. I feel that like a little I feel like, despite my abysmal yeah. performance as the um, question asker, I mean, I, yeah, I somehow really have. A I, I feel like on. I feel like somehow no. I'm winning this, even though I. <laughs> you know, even though I'm not even. A well, you did win because we probably won't let you be host. <laughs> That's again, right. So, so I'm, the, yeah. I'm the all-time winner. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Hub Group. Uh, Hub Group. Uh, they do. Uh, they do many things. <laughs> hub group. Well, you know, I'm from the hub. All right, you're and from Boston's the hub, man. So I am gonna say, and I'm gonna say with limited knowledge, I'm gonna go for my ignorant mind. And I'm gonna throw well, some let me positivity you, out there. I'm gonna throw some love. I think hub group went over. That's on a three twenty-one a share forecast. Well, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Well, wait, wait. So it's like, well, what are we doing? Like, I mean, so I don't know. Three dollars and twenty-one cents a share was the analyst expectation. Uh, that's yeah, a hype. That's, yes. that's a lot. Amazon was like. 
that's like Amazon's like four fifty, but most of these things that you're seeing are like a quarter or a dollar twenty five. You know, I believe in game theory too, but I'm I just feel like I'm feeling a sense of over right now. Really? Feeling, then I'm know. switching to under on him. And I didn't know it was that high. I answered. I was just throwing the positive. Are, are you I'm, switching I'm, to under? under? I'm going under. I'm going under. I'm leaving you. I tricked you. I did a little bait and switch <laughs> over here. I went out the back door and walked. All the right. Other let's way. see how that works out for you. Record earnings per share more than doubling year over year. How? Really? How? Well, congratulations to them. Yes. And to me. And to you, and to you, and to you. I should have stuck with my answer. We're you know getting they say, a little more they say that in tests, and, and I just failed game theory. They say in tests, never change your answer, right? Especially on multiple yeah, choice. Yeah, go with your gut. Yeah. Your, go your, with your, your gut. subconscious knows. That's right. Trust your yeah. inner Trust your inner voice. On Neither this one, one worked out for me. Yeah, it's your active mind that's the idiot. It's the active mind that'll talk you into all sorts of stupid stuff. We now turn our attention to a short-line cool. railroad, Genesee and Wyoming, um, they uh, the Nasdaq consensus estimates yeah. were eighty three cents a share over cents. or under. Well, Shortline is like one of my favorite properties in Monopoly. Absolutely, I'm a big railroad guy. I like to get the railroads and the utilities. I mean, I like to like, keep the power moving because you can kind of get those going out before you can put houses down. That's two hundred bucks a pop. You can land win, on it. You can land on Monopoly. And I, like the, by... I like the two ghetto uh, properties that are there, oh, yeah. right there. You know, you can build those yeah. up quick. It reminds me of the roadway that Baltic, inns that I stay in, Baltic and Mediterranean. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. Those had nothing over. to do with railroad. You're gonna go over, huh? Yeah. You know, take a ride on the reading. Uh, <laughs> do reading not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I'm going under. under. Rail has faced a lot yeah, of headwinds, yeah, yeah. and the only thing that's the shining light in the entire rail industry yeah. right now is petroleum. Mm-hmm. Everything is down, and it has yeah. to do with the surplus of capacity in trucking. Yeah. Give me the under. Yeah. It is, in fact, the under. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, you're right. You brought up a great thing. Intermodal is is very tethered to the cost of semi truck transportation to 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 dry van transportation. There's a certain cutoff point, which is X amount of miles it costs money to go intermodal and get on the rail. Um, and right now, there has been that capacity available in trucking, so that does affect the rail market. You, me knowing that, I should have I should have known better. But I think I let my personal my personal <laughs> love of monopoly stand in the way of a, of good judgment. I should have known better than to cheat a friend. Coming up oh. next is Oshkosh. Oshkosh, gosh. Oshkosh, the mean estimate of $2.38 a quarter. Wow. Wait, how does Oshkosh Wait. relate to this? Oshkosh, what? Well, I mean, they move trucks, right? They have a lot of baby clothes. You know, I haven't seen... 238 Well, you know what? So, millennials, right? Millennials are, are a huge boom generation, Those millennials. right? millennials. Millennials are boom generation, and they have boomer grandparents. So, I think that a lot of baby clothes are being purchased in this day and age, and I think that I'm going with the over. I guess I'll take the under and give them a chance give to get back chance. in the game. <laughs> it is the over. Ah! See, man! Ah! All right. You got to go out and meet the babies. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Writer. How did Writer do? Writer System Inc. LTL. Can you give us, can I, do I have a lifeline? The consensus estimates were 99 cents per share. Yeah. Hmm. Who goes first here? You go first. 99 cents per share. Which is really specific if you think about it. Why not just round up to a buck at some point? I mean, how, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of math going on, but. Hasn't every single one of these companies either beat or missed? None of them have been dead on the analyst expectations. So just make it a round number. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, go ahead. Wow, that's you've really thrown me a curveball. Does that mean that you have? Ah, 
I'm gonna. Everything's go trending uh, upwards. Yeah. I'm going over, going slightly over. They've I heard been, over. They've been investing a lot in uh, in, in the. Uh, in infrastructure, in 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 electric, and in, in their in fleet kind of management, dedicated transportation, lots of lots of investment. But yeah, so you're going over, going over. I'm going to go under for the same reason. I'm going to go that they didn't earn that much per share okay. because they've invested a lot of capital. Maybe in the next quarter we'll start seeing those returns and those dividends pay off. Okay, but I think that maybe they didn't earn as much because they're they're reinvesting, which is a good thing. They're reinvesting in the in the brand and the company. Those dividends started paying off early. Oh. It's a dollar eleven uh, per share. It was their oh. earnings for the quarter. Man, I think you destroyed me this one. <laughs> I've I, I, taken a nice lead. Right. I don't know how many more we've are, got. Are there any more? The same so what are we? Long. Was it revenue <laughs> for, for the bonus? Was it revenue or expenses? Oh, not again. Oh, for man, the bonus, we've yeah, got to get a bonus. Like Somebody's got to get a bonus. Questions. Revenue. I'm sticking with it, just like heads every time. Revenue was up two point. Oh, yeah. revenue up fifteen percent. <laughs> it was two point two billion year over year. So that's that's awesome. Good for them. Man, well, congratulations to the industry, Rider. too, because we were having a lot of overs, right? A lot of people were beating expectations right now. Uh, I know that back in January, right, a lot of people were trying to forecast, oh, when is the bubble going to burst? When's the recession going to come in? We started looking at the trucking market, and like even into March, it kind of looked like, oh, wow, things might start going south. But these these earnings that we're seeing is, is painting a much different story, aren't they, Ellis? Absolutely. We've got uh, another one here. Now, I'm going to give you a hint on this one. Uh, the manuf- this company manufactures Kenworth, Peterbilt, and DAF trucks. It's called Pacar, I believe is how it's pronounced. Yeah, sure. And they... Um, Parkour, that's when you climb on buildings, right? Correct. And yeah. their analysts estimated that they would do $1.65 per share in the first quarter, Ooh. over or under. Man. It's your turn first. All right. You're, all right. Uh, they make trucks. They make trucks. They make trucks. Uh, well, I know that a lot of capital fleets were bought last year, but I think that maybe they're not as many fleets are being bought this year because all of the investments that went in. I know there's a big backlog, too. So I'm going to say that they're under. Well, just going according to game theory, how much more can I distance myself from, you know, <laughs> in the lead? I'm going to take the over. Ah, uh, the over is correct. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> earnings per diluted I share of a dollar eighty-one. Thanks for the, thanks for the yeah. token cowbell. Yeah. That's uh, to be positive. That's up twenty-three percent from the prior year <laughs> in two thousand eighteen. Right. Well, um, and the final one. Uh, this is this is the last one we've got here. Eaton Corporation. Eaton Corporation. Eaton Corporation. Uh, they're not food supplier. What, what do they is, do? What am I taking the over? Or Analysts under had on? expected a dollar twenty-five a share. A dollar twenty-five a share for Eaton Corporation. Now I'm or never. gonna take the under. All right, I gotta go over because I I, th- I don't know if I can win. I think I might have uh, be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. But at least playoffs, you could maybe uh, end on a high yeah, note. Maybe on a high note. The answer is a dollar twenty-three a share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, well played, and well, congratulations to Tim Dooner, the yeah. next host of Earnings <laughs> Over yeah. Under. Oh, I'm so and glad I don't have to host. Dr. Prevost will skip another week. Ellis, I think uh, Chad and I will both agree we hope you never lose Earnings Over I've Under I've got to win. I've got to win. <laughs> yes, it's All a great. Right. Thanks for playing, guys. Thanks, uh, Ellis. Welcome to our five good minutes segment of What the Truck. And for this segment, we are so excited to have on the show manager, Carmen Diaz. 
of the North American Commercial Vehicle Show, otherwise known as the NACV. Carmen, how you doing? Doing good, Chad. How are you doing today? Great. It's fantastic to have you on. Uh, are you ready to uh, run the challenging gauntlet of my questions and try to get these all done in five minutes or less? Yeah, definitely. Let's make this happen. Okay, well, um, do it. And uh, when we get some more t-shirts in, we will send you a free t-shirt if you can do it. Oh, yeah, let's do this. And I will thoroughly enjoy wearing it. Now you've got some real incentive, I know. (laughs) It's a badge of honor. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Well, I always like to get a little personal narrative history. What what brought you into logistics, Carmen? And how did you get to be a part of the NACV show? Uh, Yeah, so apart from being a a shipper for years in my previous life, my background really comes in in trade show logistics. So uh, I'm really looking forward to using my experience in the events industry to kind of bring kind of exciting new ideas to the NACV show. I'm learning so much more about the trucking industry and talking to private and for hire fleets and suppliers. And then also through reading as much as I can get my hands on and listening to podcasts a lot like yours, uh, among other things, I'm really looking forward to translating all of these conversations and all of this knowledge into some more meaningful experiences where fleets and carriers can like get together and find solutions to what keeps them up at night. Right. You know, there there really is a lot more to this industry than meets the eye. When you hear when someone says trucking, they probably roll their eyes. They have no idea. So many things are happening now in the trucking industry. And a lot of them, of course, does have to do with technology. And I, I know you, you know, you've, you're, there's a lot of exhibitors at your show and you don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But I'm going to ask this. Is there is there one technology trend that you're seeing that could be kind of under the radar and happening faster than we realize? And if so, what would you say it is from where you're standing right now? You know, I'm going to say this. I'm not a journalist and I'm not an engineer, <laughs> but um, if it is coming, it will be at our show, the NACV show. You know, we're working with so many different partners, so many different companies, developing this network of meaningful activities like workshops and hands-on centers for peripheral devices. So it's really about gathering the largest, it's the largest gathering of OEM suppliers and fleets in the commercial trucking market. And we'll be talking about every technology out there together. Okay. Um, That's fair enough. If it's coming, it is coming to the NACV, which by the way, is uh, October 28th through 31st this year. And uh, you can register at nacvshow.com. Well, this is something that we are all about on What the Truck uh, and Freight Waves Radio, Carmen, is we want to know what can we do to play our part in making trucking cool again? How are we doing it? How can we make trucking cool again? Or are we already making trucking cool again? (laughs) Trucking is cool. Uh, (laughs) Trucking has always been about a culture and like not just a job. And I think... um, that's what's appealing about trucking. It's it's not just something you do to get a job done, but there's also kind of an entire ecosystem around it. And realistically, these trucks have been the most advanced tech on the road for years. You know, all the bells and whistles uh, really are an attractive uh, feature to a lot of the youth for to you know that are coming up and kind of coming in and realizing that all of this stuff is just so ahead. So uh, between shifting to more of a hub and spoke model and 
like adding things like assistive driving. I think all of these things will make the trucking much more attractive as well as, you know, if I think about, we focus on all these opportunities that are available, be that engineering data analysis. There's all these other jobs that are kind of coming into the trucking industry. So it's not just about trucks, even though it is about trucks. So I think all of that will really kind of increase that cool factor. It's just a matter of getting to the younger generation and showing them what's available. That is right. Uh, we're we're all about it too with you here on What the Truck. We're going to get the word out. You've done it, Carmen. Congratulations. You ran the gauntlet uh, in, in four minutes. Wow, that's pretty good. Thanks, Chad. Very, very impressive. Um, you know, it's great to have you on. Uh, and it's interesting to meet people who, uh, you know, have come into the logistics space from, you know, a variety of different ways. You know, I think trucking logistics is not, it's not, you're not called to the logistics industry. It often finds you. But when it does, boy, it can be a wild ride. Yes, it can. And I've got to honestly say it's uh, it's really interesting seeing just how much trucking touches everything. And that's been very eye opening to me. I think I realized it, but I never really realized it. Now I'm seeing kind of the scope of what trucking really does. And it really is the backbone of the of of every industry in the U.S. economy. It really is. Uh, thanks for being on, Carmen. We will help you spread the word through social media. Uh, and, you know, we'll just be sharing the love so everybody can know that the NACV show uh, 2019 is biannual. So so take advantage of it. It's at the the big Georgia World Congress Center in downtown Atlanta, uh, right off of Peachtree Street. And it's um, heads up, it's from October 28th again, all right up until Halloween. And uh, what the truck listeners, if you go to the NACVshow.com and you register with code FW19, you can get a free expo hall pass. Thanks again, Carmen Diaz. Thanks for playing five good minutes. Thanks, Chad. I look forward to seeing you there. All right. Great. Thank you. Yes, All right. uh, we uh, are talking about, you know, one a story that that we broke uh, about a week ago today Ooh, yeah. about Amazon and their... Freight.amazon.com, right? Yes, about, and it's like uh, easy for me to say their disintermediation strategy, uh, you know, is uh, it's interesting. It's um, complicated to to me and uh, a lot of a lot of lay people. And we have got two experts who are going to they've been digging in. Mm. We've got Kevin Hill from Carrier List fame. Wow. He is now one of our market experts yeah. at Freight Waves doing all kinds Only bringing of bringing the best. You know, uh, Kevin, in a minute, you can tell us about like how you the survey, what you've been doing, how you conducted it, and uh, you know, like some of the results of that. We've also got Seth Holm, is that correctly? And uh, and he is going to be telling talking to us about stocks and companies and what this means. And you know what it is? It's kind of a bottom line. It's kind of a reality check on Amazon's denials. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chad. It's great to have you here. And uh, so you don't have to split the mic completely. Let's just start with you, Kevin. You know, tell us a little bit about like some of the survey results, what you're doing and how it's informing us. Well, what is it? What is Amazon yeah. Freight too? Like what oh. is Amazon? You guys found yeah. it. You discovered it. We broke the story out of what, mm -hmm. what is it? So Amazon Freight is uh, a new beta site that now they've entered the freight matching app, right? Wow. Very, very small beta, northeast. Right. Okay. Is this like Uber Freight? Is freight matching? 
it's like Uber Freight. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uber Convoy, wow. all the digital freight freight matching story. apps out there, right? So, but the brokerage arm has been around for a couple of years now, of course. like a traditional brokerage, right? Yes. And that's what a lot of the freight freight matching apps they start out as. That they have this great UI and an app, but in the background, it's the same same freight brokers and carrier salespeople calling the same carriers and customers and, and doing sales. So it's just so, an interface you're saying. It's yeah, just it's a just UI that, yeah. that helps. But it's probably moving it digitally and moving it more rapid than, say, fax machines and a lot of the old legacy systems, right? Definitely, definitely. So they, they get this process down, and then they try to automate as much as possible in incremental type of, of phases, right, to where they can get to some markets like Convoys announced a couple uh, couple weeks ago. In some markets, that it's fully automated, right? So they 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 try to fully automate it. But a lot of the digital, uh, you know, high tech, uh, high tech freight brokerages are still you know on the phones. Well, Maybe they not always fax machines, but on the phones, <laughs> right? Definitely. They always automated, but they also always say it's all about relationships. Exactly mm-hmm. right. And uh, and so uh, well, you know, and also they're always trying to achieve critical mass. And obviously, Amazon, they've got that critical mass. They're just right now kind of tr- trying to achieve kind of I guess what we would call an operational efficiency. Yeah. What's the strategy? Like, how is it happening? What are, what are, what what's your survey about, Kevin? So our survey, we we surveyed uh, FreightWave subscribers right, to the newsletter, carriers, brokers, shippers, and you know just trucking fans, right? You know whoever whoever wanted to to uh, to, to, to fill out the survey. So well, we we got about eight hundred re- respondents, right? And you know certainly it's polarizing. You know, yeah, Amazon is a polarizing sure. company, to yeah. say the least, right? And digital freight is polarizing to carriers, so there's a lot of but there's a lot of components here. There's a lot of meat on this bone, and there's a lot of there's a lot of fear too, because people are already afraid of like FBA, right? Fulfilled by mm-hmm. Amazon, and now they're also going to overseas brokerage doing discounts or yeah. that. So there's a huge data scope component here too that mm-hmm. Amazon is going to be able to capture. Yeah, definitely. So what we found though is that carriers really don't like the idea. Right, they really don't. Yeah, they they dislike okay. it more than brokers do for yeah. for whatever reason, right? Because okay. interesting. So the, huh. the pricing and the discounts that we published or JP published is to the broker or to the shipper, let's say, right? So what they're paying paying to the carrier is going to be the market rate, right? It's going to be on the lower end of the market rate, but it's going to be a market rate. Sure. What they're doing is cutting out. The, the broker, the, the broker's margin, right? Yeah, so, that disintermediation, disintermediation, right? Disintermediation, exactly. So the brokers should be the most, most worried about it, right? And the digital freight brokers should be very worried. Yeah. Because they're inter- Amazon's entering their, their sweet spot. What it's do you scary like? to be a 3PL right now. It's got to it be because there's yeah. so much consolidation going on mm-hmm. and so many things are going digital and taking things in-house. Like you're seeing MERS and SIVA joining with CMA, CGM. And there's so much buy-up going on right now on the ocean side and on the carrier side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just covered that Falcon story. And um, there were they were an account with GM. And you're talking about this with these old legacy systems. Transportation is a business of very low margin. So you have mm-hmm. to scale rapidly to make any money. And nobody can probably scale better than Amazon. Nobody did, right? So, <laughs> so you, you take take their freight matching, right? It's a very small beta version right now, um, but it's analogous to this little online bookseller, 
right? Yeah. Trends start small, right? Yeah. In Seattle, right? Yeah. Which, which is like, which leads us, I think, to, to some of like why we are trying to dig a little deeper here because, you know, we've broke this news and we're suggesting that, you know, they're, they're really trying to undercut the competitors and they're just pricing it really below what everybody else would be doing. And this has been their traditional strategy. And yet, of course, right now they're denying it. To, to whatever extent, you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but we stand by our reporting and you guys have done some, 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 some deeper dives here. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what, what's, can you tell me just a little bit more about like their strategy, Kevin, and like what, what you what we're seeing and how, how the results of your survey are kind of like corroborating our reporting? Sure. Yeah. So uh, number one is that they, they do run a brokerage, right? That they run a brokerage <laughs> that is competitive with everybody else. Right. right. And they've been ramping that up. So they haven't been announcing it, you know. A lot of brokers that I've been talking to in the last couple of days, they haven't come against them competitively in the market, but they're out there, you know. And I've gotten a couple of estimates of, of their run rate being somewhere between four and six hundred million dollars right now. They are breaking into the freight matching system yeah. too, right? I mean, so they can deny it. They can not usually. I guess their their choice is usually not to say anything. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not so insidious. They have a strategy. They have a business model. Mm -hmm. Right. Amazon, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, Amazon knows better than anyone how important data is. Right. And in this industry, I'm sure we've all been to conferences and we always hear that same byline. Well, this is about relationships. So somehow that is an excuse <laughs> yeah. to not provide Which, great customer service or right. a great UI. And yeah. the customers, the customers that are being the carriers that are being successful now and, and the Amazons that are being successful, they're doing the same stuff on the back end, but they're putting that UI in front of it. Right. Why, exactly why do you think that right. is? Though? Why is the industry so afraid of data? I think they are afraid of transparency, right? Because basically you have your own moat, whether you're a, an owner-operator or a one-person agent for a freight broker or a team of 20 that's a mid-sized broker. It's your secret sauce, right? So you don't want to democratize that data because you, mm. you're giving away your unfair advantage that you built up for 20 years, right? Well, that does explain a little bit of why, you know, of, of the why behind why there is resistance at different levels of what, you know, ultimately is the, the bigger goal of transparency. Uh, Seth, uh, you, you too have been corroborating the validity of our story and our reporting. Um, uh, so what, what, tell us a little bit about, just give, give us an overview. Um, I know it's probably really high level and, and, you know, but like, can you just kind of give us an overview in, in layman's terms? What's yeah, what's your... a down to earth take on it? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before I came to Freight Waves, um, I spent the last 10 years, uh, at a hedge fund covering consumer and technology stocks. So this, I am no stranger. I've been living this on a weekly basis. Amazon um, enters new markets literally on a weekly basis. And so we kind of took mm. a look at the process of how they go about that. And uh, usually, wow. usually there's a media report, and then whatever the industry in question is begins to rapidly sell off. And so that's exactly what we saw with the trucking and logistics companies on Monday. Um, wow. Wow. Right. So Kevin and I just, uh, we just added up the losses um, between the trucking and logistics companies, and we came up with a number around $2 billion in market cap losses. Wow. And in, in, in a matter of minutes. So that's Amazon fear caused $2 billion in money to shift that quickly? That's right. And uh, about 50% of that alone was C.H. Robinson, which is a $12 billion company down Whoa. 8%. Because we, we just did their earnings, right? 
Yeah, uh, and I remember the like a few days later, J, JP, John Paul Hampstead, our correspondent, who's been breaking a lot of this news this week, man, he's been on fire. Um, he he said, you know, C.H. Robinson ain't afraid and no a no Amazon, you know, right? But um, I don't know. Should they be? Should should anybody be? What what's the reality? What what are you seeing, Seth? Yeah. So what? Well, maybe we can take it a historical approach. That's kind of the way mm. I attacked it. So um, I came up with a list of forty companies over the last three years, and I'm sure there's a lot more. These are just ones that I rattled off the top of my head quickly. And um, you know, it's a diverse basket basket across industries. Anything I from think con- you're going to say something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, across industries, anything from <laughs> consumer to industrials to healthcare to technology. And uh, what we our findings basically suggest is that there's always a sharp and severe downside reaction to whatever the stock is in question. Yeah, However, right. what we did when we looked at all the stocks over time and their charts and then how, how things kind of played out over the longer term, it's actually, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't be what people would intuitively assume, but it's been a pretty good buying opportunity in the vast majority of cases. Oh, wow. So when you when you guys talked to shippers, what was their component on it? Because I know that, like, I don't want to name names, but I've talked to companies. I've, I've, I've interviewed people on other shows. Uh, I've talked to people who've, who've had their own goods, had been Amazon basic, basically. They'd been in the Amazon, fulfilled by Amazon system. Amazon saw that they could make a better profit with a very similar product and cut them out. Is there any fear there that letting Amazon even deeper into the supply chain? Uh, yes, there, there definitely is, right? And that's what our survey shows, is that, that not only brokers and carriers are, are wary of this, this move, but certainly shippers in any direct, uh, direct competition, right? And we also asked uh, a, a question, do you think other large retailers will get into the brokerage spot? And it's it, it's about 50-50, no matter who you ask. Whether Super it's interesting question. Yeah. So, so it, you know, is this going to be first of many people hitting the market? And going back up to what kind of disruption can can you have, we did a quick some, some quick math before we came in here, right? And I think C.H. Robinson does what, $15 billion in, $15 in gro- billion, yeah. And uh, about a little over a billion on net revenue. Yeah, so Whoa. so at fifteen billion, you'd take uh, an Uber, Convoy, Amazon. They would have to uh, to 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 grow by twenty five times, to to really get twenty to twenty five times, let's say, to get to that size. And Ch Robinson has what two to three uh, percent yeah. market share. So, will this this will disrupt? You know, make people yeah. adopt new technology. Are they going to dominate the market? No, and especially yeah. if they can't work with competitors, right? This is what I'm, I'm. So this sparks this question based on what you guys are saying. Thinking of a historical lens and things, and maybe it's a counterintuitive question. I know there will be disruption uh, and chaos for for various partners, but overall, could this possibly be good? for the overall industry? It's not a leading question. I really don't know. I'm literally asking, could it, it may be a dumb question, but could it be good for the overall logistics industry that Amazon is trying to play this game? Well, I, and just to add to that, I think I think kind of what you're saying too is, as I've been talking about, there, there's kind of a countdown to extinction going on for these carriers who aren't adapting. So much market share is being bought up, and especially now that private equity is coming in, you're seeing venture capital come in, people are just going to come in and buy market share with these companies that can't compete. But is that a good thing, or is that Overall, a bad thing, right? I'm sure yeah. people would die off, but is there a, is there a raising of, I don't know. Well, there is, right? And and it shows in the survey as well, because who is this going to... So on the broker side, right? 
who is who's most at risk with Amazon? You know, who are they going to take out? And the the clear winner on that is brokers who do not uh, adopt new technology, right? Who do not become data driven. That's right? the low hanging fruit. That's right? the low hanging yeah. fruit, right? Which yeah. is you know the the mass of brokers out there, right? Who yeah. control you know yeah. it's, it's basically a twenty eighty rule on on brokerages as well, a little bit, right? Uh, but those who don't know what's going on in the market, who are faxing things around, yeah. who, yeah. you know. 2019, guys. I, I know, right? <laughs> so who don't have TMSs, who don't have technology that, to, to do that. that. The, yeah, and carriers as well, right? Do you know that only, or at less risk. than 50% of companies even have a TMS right now? I've seen numbers between 48% and 52%, which is mind-blowing to me. It's in my survey that I did uh, a few months ago yeah. is 30%. I mm-hmm. worked for a 4PL before I came here, and okay. we would – pretty much use TMS optimization to bring savings to shippers because the way carriers are tethered, and a lot of shippers may not be aware of this, but but brokers are not, um, they're not freight agnostic. They have partnerships with other carriers, so they have to leverage your freight. That's what they do. They're just reselling freight to you. But if you have a TMS, you can give yourself some transparency, and we would save companies millions of dollars just through routine TMS optimization. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, Excel sheets, right? Yeah. We're, we're well above. That was about 50%. Yeah. You know, uh, I think, uh, what was it? It was TMSs and faxes were right at a third, right? They were neck and neck, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know. <laughs> no, it's nuts. I, I know. The first know. broker's chair I, I sat down in, we had the fax machine going off, and you're like, oh, you need to go fax this to an insurance company. And I'm like, who faxes? It's like saying you don't right. have a smartphone if you're a shipper and you don't have a TMS. Yeah. It should be that like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. There are so many exciting things happening in the industry right now. We're talking about transparency 19. It feels like everyone's doing it. And yet then you turn around and you're like, wait a minute. The AOBRD deadline is happening at the at the end of 2019. And half to, to maybe 60% are not compliant with that. Like in, so, there are these little reality checks, I suppose. I didn't know that it was just such a low hanging fruit type of question, but yeah, I mean, guys, thanks for you know. I, I can't wait for the release of this data, which I think is is forthcoming, right? Very soon, probably uh, next week. Very soon, yeah. man. next week actually. It will yeah. be next these week. white papers, this deeper dive research is all about it. What part? Before of thing, what, I got one question. Yeah. I got a burning question in my head because yeah. I've been thinking about this long and hard. Everyone's talking about how like. The Walmarts in the world and the Targets in the world can compete with Amazon and can scale with them. And they have this massive footprint, and they're doing a lot of deliveries to stores. So why don't they compete with Prime with something like if you order more than $25 worth of goods, you get a $5 gift card, in-store gift card. Then people come in the store, they pick up the goods, and they go buy some more stuff. The consumer guy. This is the yeah, consumer tell me why that would be a bad idea. Is that a bad idea? I think, uh, I think that in some ways that's kind of a misconception. Walmart is actually doing an amazing job competing with Amazon. Um, they, I believe, are close to a $50 billion uh-huh. run rate, and they're actually growing faster, substantially faster than Amazon is in their e- e-commerce. Now, some, wow. of, some of that has been driven fast. by acquisition. They acquired Jet.com. And some other properties. But don't but, you feel um, like if Amazon was the other one, if Amazon was in the Walmart, they would put like their boot on someone's throat like that. They would be like, all right, well, we'll make sure you go in store and here's $5 and they're going to go and buy more stuff. Well, I think I, and another thing I might mention on that, uh, to that point, um, when uh, they Amazon recently on their most recent earnings call announced uh, one day shipping, broad base, which they're going to invest yeah. $800 million in. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but Walmart came out the following day. I believe it was a tweet. Uh, I might be mistaken, but in a tweet, they said, you know, we're going to do one day and it's going to be free. Um, so, right? Walmart, 
Walmart is not sitting idly on their hands they just really letting are Amazon not. kill You know what, though? They got to get their apps better. Amazon's app is world class. <laughs> like, if for all the junk on there, it's easy to find stuff on Amazon. If you've gone shopping on, like, the Target or Walmart apps or some of the other retailers' apps, it's amazing how much better Amazon's is than most other the UI is just phenomenal, and I'm, I'm always waiting for the other ones to catch up. Yeah, Seth, can there's, you get on that, like, helping yeah, them? There's, yeah, there's, I mean, that's that's definitely true. I mean, uh, they've got a, I think everyone has a long ways to go. I mean, Amazon's been doing it for longer and better than, than everyone. But, yeah. Um, it's like there's a reason we're talking about Amazon as the lead, right? But you're right. Like, the more we, like, it's Walmart's impressive. I mean, they got the, what, the 5,000 brick and mortars? I don't know how many. Yeah, but, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is all of this ultimately good for consumers? It sounds like the competition is, but does it also drive down rates too low and, and cost jobs? Is, uh, economically, is, is it good or is it bad? Are we talking freight brokerage now or just uh, online just, retail? Just, I, I don't know. I, I know now this is going to be a big, long topic. You, you guys know, might have to, come, we I, I think have to come back to dive yeah. into this. I yeah. think in online retail, Amazon's undoubtedly been a big benefit to the consumer um that they've driven down price and speed and convenience oh, and yeah, yeah. i mean i uh, think about how many things you yeah, order on amazon and you get streaming and you get music i mean and you get yeah. you get like 10 yeah. gigabytes of photo storage i mean they really like and it's, then they accidentally started the biggest web server in the uh <laughs> in the world through aws i mean it's I'm hard to deny that they're run very well yeah absolutely oh yeah but, you know, like, if you order, like, shampoo, you're going to end up with, like, 28 pounds of cardboard, you know, yeah. that, that came to you in a day. Um, so, you know, we might be ripping up the economy, I mean, the, uh, the, the climate. Um, but, wow, it's good for us consumers. Well, well last thing, what can we expect at, at uh, Transparency? Let's just plug that for So we got that coming up. What is that, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What, what's coming on at Transparency from you guys on the, on the data side and on the market research side? So, so we have uh, three. We have two in the, the kicker right now, and we're finishing up the Amazon. The Amazon will be released at Transparency. Okay. Uh, well, behind great. Sonar, right? Everything will be uh, available within Sonar. Nice. Uh, oh, great. We have uh, autonomous vehicles, right? The state of the, the, the market. Oh, man, that. that's exciting. Yep. And we also have a, a 2019 outlook. Uh, what trends to watch with freight? Nice. You know, where are we going wow. from here? Well, so, I hope we're not in, we in podcasting that because this this really interests me. I geek out to this kind of stuff, so I, I'm over at the nerd table with you guys. Well, you guys, uh, great to have you on for your uh, inaugural debut. I know that's redundant, but I like saying it. Yeah. And I, I mean, no good deed goes unpunished. So uh, we're going to have you guys on again. Fantastic work. Thank yeah. you for the analysis. Thanks for making it easy for us to understand. <laughs> you deserve a little cowbell. <laughs> cowbell. That was 100. percent and more cowbell. All right, man. And that has been, you know, Whoa. Dooner. Ellis is gone. They're, they're what, gone, man. Yeah, we have just run everybody off. But but except for our listeners, I trust you're still listening. Thanks for staying with us. We are trying to bring it to you each and every, well, almost day. But yeah. For now, I mean, we've been we, working on stuff, right? We have a radio show yeah. tomorrow, and then we have then we leave for transparency. That's right. And then right. we do work transparency. That's right. So, um, you know, uh, stay tuned. Uh, Freight Waves Radio coming uh, is going to be coming literally live to you from uh, 3 to 5 Eastern Time Saturday. And, you know, and we've got all kinds of cool people we're talking to. We're talking to Chris Kirchner, the CEO of Slink. And Slink, Ooh. you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're a Silicon uh, Valley-based uh, company that, you know, they started off kind of in blockchain, but they kind of left that behind. They went uh, international global supply chain. It's going to be interesting to hear about what they, what Chris Kirchner has been up to and all of them. And, you know, and... 
like at the same time, they were they were best in show. They were one of the winners, but like they he's got some interesting things to talk about along those lines. We're also going to be talking with uh, Preet Sivia of Parade IO. We're going to be talking with uh, Dean Croak. He's got he's Ooh. developing a segment. He is the fellow smart, uh, fellow Bostonian. He is. He's another mass hole, and man, he just loves to. He's also hey, wait, wait, wait. We only we can say that. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, he is also from Australia, and uh, he's put in three million, over three million miles as a over-the-road commercial driver, and he still has his 2003 uh, Peterbilt, the Grumpy Pete. He is going to be bringing it to us on a variety of subjects, not just how you can sleep better and not just how we can make trucking cool again. We're always trying to make trucking cool again, and you are a help. You are part of that that uh that movement yeah and and, and dooner you are making trucking cool again it's great to have you on as and, a co-host you know, here. you know it's fun man it's fun to just have people in and have a conversation because i think if yeah. you engage people in their passion they get excited in the logistics industry like when we leave these offices there's nobody to talk to about this stuff there's only <laughs> there's only arguments to get on online with other people about some of these things like whether blockchain should be a public utility or there should be a bunch of diversification. There's so many interesting subjects going on. We're going to hit a lot of them at Transparency. Uh, as you mentioned, we have that special report that's up right now. It's going to be on the What the Truck feed. It's the Freightway special report. I talked to Ellis, who was in here, who bungled the earnings over under. He does a little, <laughs> bit, he does a little bit better job on the special report. Uh, that's a really sad thing. Um, reach out to me at Timothy Dooner. Um, Chad, uh, what, what's your context? We, we also, if, you have, if you're interested in the Falcon people, reach me for information. I can put you in touch with them. Well, one of the things I just wanted to add to what you were saying uh, a moment ago is uh, there are so many exciting things th- in this industry, and I sincerely mean that. I'm an, I, I will probably forever be an outsider to the industry in that I uh, started a year and a half ago, and it doesn't matter how long you're, you, know, you, you, you try to be in. You never were one of the super insiders. But, man, yeah. I, have, I tell you what, I have, like, it, it, it's when I I'm gonna I'm gonna be leading off talking uh, at Transparency 19 at eight o'clock a.m. on Monday, and I'm gonna share just in a very few minutes like part of my story and where I've come from the last year and a half. And I have to say, Man. it has been an amazing ride in and tra- logistics is actually an industry that who knew, but you can actually get passionate about because it touches on just about literally everything you can think about one way or another. We can, it's like seven degrees removed, like the Kevin Bacon, like this one degree removed in logistics. Well, I don't want to like toot our own horn, but I think that you, I mean, we could do an entire podcast in completely insourcing the hundred or so people who work here because everyone here has kind of this, amazing journey everyone here yeah. is very passionate um th- and because of that you know sometimes sometimes there's 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 arguments people here bring all different perspectives they come from all different walks of life and they bring all different voices i personally am just glad i get to share mine with you and i get to share a seat next to you chad <laughs> thanks dooner yeah it is great it is very diverse and yet we kind of have like this culture we share it and uh we are killing it it's great to thank you so much for being here on what the truck uh and we're killing it for you each and every week And I am, you know, you can find me at Chad Prevost on Twitter. That's my handle. Just straight up at Chad Prevost. All right. I guess see you at Transparency, right? Let's see everybody at Transparency. 
where we are bringing it to you with 100% more cowbell. And if you can't make it to TP19 on time or at all, we'll be streaming it live for you. Yeah. So tune in. Yeah, well, we're going to practice today. Uh, you know, we'll have big news. We can't announce it yet, but we're going to have some big news, too. Stay tuned to What the Truck. <laughs> man. I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, next time, baby. Right.